All right, the best part, what what I feel like is the best part of Facebook is that um, uh, they, they capture your memories and then they throw them back at you. The first thing that you see when you log on to Facebook any given morning, because I'm sure that Facebook's the first thing that you check in the morning, is that that memory, you know, from one year ago or five years ago or eight years ago. And, 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 and because we like memories, right? We like to celebrate what has happened. And Facebook has tapped into that. I mean, used to, you'd have to go through photo albums, right? And on that particular day, you'd have to w- look at the photo. But now it's just right there in front of you. And they've tapped into the fact that God has made us a ceremonial, symbolic, memorative people. Not Christians, but people. Because we have these moments in our life that we kind of draw a line in the sand that we say, no more, or we're moving forward, or we're not going back. One such is graduation, right? We used to have one graduation, but we love graduation so much, we do it 13 times now, right? Every year, it seems like we have a graduation. Huh? What? You're pointing at the computer. Yeah, picture. Yeah, that'd be, yeah. You can do the picture. That'd be good. Yeah, Phil went to the trouble of downloading those, so go ahead. Yeah. Uh, and 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 we we do it now thirteen times, and then and then we graduate for 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 college commemorate, uh, uh, commemorating the four five six ten years that you spent going through college, right, and making sure that you got that diploma. That now probably you're like that was almost worthless. Exciting, yeah, right. And so we we have these ceremonies, also been reading uh, more and more books and knowing, you know, from, from a parent standpoint of the concept of rites of passage, that during life, if we gave our kids these, these rites of passage of kind of putting a stake in the ground of saying, you're not going back, you're pro- progressing towards manhood or womanhood and, and doing certain things to, to help them progress and commemorating or, or celebrating that, that progression in their life. Also, the biggest symbol and ceremony that we have is marriage right we take a day like on average what ten thousand dollars for a wedding we spend all this money why some people because they want to one-up somebody else but for the most part we do it because we know like this is special we are celebrating something special this is a stake in the sand saying we're never going back and then we have a symbol. We have a symbol, the wedding, wedding ring, ring that we put on, that we keep on, that maybe even gets us out of trouble sometimes, guys, right? What? To symbolize something that is important. God has made, this, this, made us this way for a reason, for a purpose. He made us a, a symbolic ceremonial people to help our relationship with him because we need reminders of our relationship with him we need reminders of what he has done there's two uh if you've been in in, in church world anytime at all you've you've heard the word ordinances there, there there are two ordinances that most churches practice no 
Bad timing. <laughs> Bad timing. All right. Demon, come out of that computer now. That's not one of them. Baptism looks like we're going to have a lot of squirrels today. Baptism <laughs> and communion. We'll talk about baptism next week as we wrap up this uh, 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 functional church series. But we're going to talk about the Lord's Supper or communion this week. And a week or so ago, uh, I was reminded of a word and its meaning that I like better than ordinances. Ordinances is, is you know, like great. Just I like sacraments better see what sacrament means is an outward symbol of an inward grace an outward symbol of what god is doing inside of us and communion started way back in egypt when god was looking to 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 land that last uppercut to pharaoh and he said that I'm going to kill all the firstborn of the land, but anybody who sacrifices a lamb, paints its blood on the doorpost, the angel of death will pass over your house. And when God did this, he told the people, celebrate this every single year. I've put that passage, Exodus 12, in the Bible study guide for you to read. It's a long chapter, but... It's a worthy read because, because the, the, the communion goes all the way back to there. But then the night before Jesus' death, at the, at the Last Supper, this was a Passover meal. They were celebrating what God did so many years ago at that time. But what did Jesus do? He reinterpreted it. Because the Passover meal was the ultimate foreshadow. It was the foreshadow of when we would paint the blood of the Lamb on our, the doorframe of our hearts so the angel of death would pass over us so that we could have life. And as church history got started, they would celebrate communion every single time they would gather. In fact, I wouldn't be opposed to that if we had a team of people that said, yes, I'll, I'll get that together. We'd do that every single week. Well, wouldn't that cheapen it? Not if we did it right. Not if we did it right. Not if we kept that as a reminder of the inward grace that God has given us. But just like any human... The church lost focus. In particular, the church at Corinth lost focus. Lost focus about what this sacrament really meant. And Paul helps bring them back to what it really is all about. 1 Corinthians 11. You can follow along on the screen. You can follow along in the Bible event. You can... Save the Bible event to be able to come back and read the, the Bible study passages that, that uh, I had mentioned earlier. But 1 Corinthians eleven seventeen. Now, in giving the following instruction, I do not praise you, since you come together not for the better, but for the worse. Okay, we got a problem, right? If, if, if he's introducing this topic, he's like, you're coming together, together, but it's not better because you come together. 
For to begin with, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you. He covers that at the beginning of the letter. And in part, I believe it. There must indeed be factions among you so that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Uh, That is Paul's way of saying, those of you who think you are awesome, you are doing an amazing job at letting everybody else know you're awesome. Well, what were they doing? Therefore, when you come together, it is not really to eat the Lord's Supper. For at the meal, each one eats his own supper ahead of others. So one person is hungry while another gets drunk. Like if you haven't read this before, you go, what? What? More in just a minute. Don't you have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you look down on the church of God and embarrass those who have nothing? What should I say to you? Should I praise you? I do not praise you for this. Imagine this. Imagine you are a day worker. Let's say you work in a vineyard. You've worked all day in this vineyard. Picking grapes or watering grapes or tending the grapes. It's hard work. I've got a referee buddy that, 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 that his family has a vineyard in Carthage. He talks about the hard work that it is. And, and on top of that, that they grow in the summer, right? It's hot and humid here. It's even more hot in Israel. You've worked all day in this vineyard underneath the hot, blazing sun. And you come home. And you're going to get your wife. And you're going to get your kids. And you're going to go to small group. And you go to a small group at this, at this landowner's house, and all the landowners are already there. Their camels are already parked in the driveway. Chances are you just walked to small group. If you're lucky, you had a donkey in which to put your wife on. I'm not correlating anything. Please, don't. don't th- no. Because you're chivalrous, you let your wife ride on the donkey. Anyway. You walk in, something's not just quite, something's not right, you can't pinpoint it quite yet, and you're looking forward to, the, to learning about Jesus, learning how, the, the transformation He wants to do in your life, and the laughter, and the friends, and just getting together with the rest of your church, and, 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 and you walk in, and there's laughter, and, and, and there's conversation, but something's just not right, and, and you kind of settle in, and you see, and you look, and the plate that, that normally has the bread for, 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 the, for the communion that you're going to celebrate, the bread's not there, but you see crumbs. And you look to the, to the, to the glass of wine and, 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 and it's not there either. It's empty. And you look to the wine skin and that's empty. And another and another. And then you realize everybody else has eaten all the bread and drank all the wine and now you have showed up to small group and before small group even started, everybody else is drunk. So in this church... Paul warned of things like divisions and arguing with each other, not sleeping with your stepmom, and not getting drunk at small group. I don't want a raise of hands on how many of you would enjoy this church, but this is a dysfunctional church. But see, the, the problem isn't getting drunk at small group. Jack, that's a clip for you to take out there. It's the injustice that's occurring. 
See, it's the rich landowners who can show up to small group early that's drinking and eating all the elements of, of, of communion before the day workers, the day workers that work in their farms for them even get there. As my kids would say, that's not fair, right? Anybody? Parents? Anybody? Anybody? Right? It's injustice. And that's a problem. Now, Southern Baptists, we're, we're Southern Baptist Church, uh, and, and, and uh, we are a, a reactionary people. We react to things. So, for instance, you know, we, we react to Catholicism on one side and we'd be something, and then we, we react to Pentecostalism on the other side, and that leaves us nowhere, right? So, to react to this, we end up giving you just a little bitty cracker and a little bitty thing of grape juice. And so you're saying, how on earth could I ever get full or drunk? I mean, how much grape juice would you have to tank in order to get drunk, right? You'd have to drink it and then let it ferment anyway. So you're like, so what does this apply to us, right? Who cares? Every sin at its core is injustice. Adultery, injustice. Lying, injustice. Cheating, injustice. Stealing, injustice. Uh, uh, envy, in, in, injustice. Every sin at its core is injustice. Today, in today's culture, we make Christianity all about us, and we do have a personal relationship with God, but we also make sin all about us. You are sinning. You are causing death on your life. You are causing a broken relationship with God. And those are all true, but we forget that sin is injustice towards another person. And so it isn't a stretch here to say any sin in our life is a problem. The more that I read the Bible, the more that I recognize that if our relationship with people is not right, that we are intentionally seeking ways to, 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 to bring down people, it doesn't matter how you feel in worship service, your relationship with God isn't right. It, is not, it doesn't matter how thankful you are about the whole sacrifice of God. Your relationship with God isn't right. And so Paul is calling out, taking a two by four over the, over the head of, 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 of these landowners to get their attention towards the injustice. Now they weren't seeking out doing this to people, but they were. And Paul had to get their attention. So we've got a problem, but what's the solution? 1 Corinthians 11.23 For I received from the Lord what I had also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. I believe Paul picked that word intentionally, betrayed. Our Lord is betrayed. Why are you betraying somebody else? He took bread. He gave thanks. He broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he also took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant established by my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The solution 
is remembrance. The solution is, is, is remembering that, that when you hold on to that bread, it represents, it is symbolic of the flesh of Jesus that was beaten, that was torn, that had a crown of thorns beat down into his skull. This is the flesh of Jesus that was nailed to the cross in our place. Do this in remembrance of me. And we, we hold that cup of grape juice. Sorry to disappoint, it's grape juice. All right. So when we hold that cup, it represents the blood that was spilled, that poured out of his body, so that at the cross we can take our filthy rags of our life. Wipe it in the blood of the Lamb. And a miracle beyond all miracles, our rags come out brilliantly white. Our righteousness is now the righteousness of Jesus Himself. Do this in remembrance of me. It's a simple sentence. It's a a sentence I'd love for you to write down, uh, 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 type into the notes, come back to it's a sentence that we have to get into our hearts the purpose of communion the whole point of this that all that we are remembering is this jesus death for our life jesus death for our life as paul alluded to why would we betray somebody else not only any human but why would we betray one of our own inside of our own church when Jesus was betrayed on our behalf? When Jesus died so that we could have life, so that we could be forgiven, so that our sins would be wiped clean, so that we could have the righteousness of Jesus, so that God would look at us and declare us completely and utterly perfect, holy, blameless, and righteous. This is why we do this. That would have been a good time to slip up right there. This is why we do this. We remember Jesus' death for our life. But just like if we took poison, and we knew we had ingested poison, and we knew there was a remedy, there was a solution, That does us no good unless we actually ingest the remedy, the antidote. Knowing that injustice, that our sin causes injustice, and knowing that Jesus' death for our life is why we remember this, that does nothing for us. We actually have to take the remedy. Paul goes on, therefore... Because of all of this, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy way will be guilty of sin against the body and blood of the Lord. So a man should examine himself. In this way, he should eat the bread and drink from the cup. For whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. It's pretty serious, right? This is why many are sick and ill among you and many have fallen asleep. 
Well, that escalated quickly. Right? A little bit more on that later. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, he should eat at home so that when you gather together, you will not come under judgment. And I will give instructions about other matters whenever I come. The remedy is this. Examination and repentance. Paul is really saying this isn't brain surgery here. This isn't rocket science. This isn't intended to be hard. Come together remembering that it's Jesus' death for our life and examine yourself. Is there any injustice that you've caused intentionally or unintentionally? And repent for that. Repentance is simply confession with action. Confess what you've done and act differently. Paul, Paul teaches on this. Confess that you've, 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 you've hurt the body and then act differently. Therefore, my brothers, when you come together, eat to eat, wait for one another. That's repentance. Confess you've blown it and then act differently. This is why when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, when we celebrate communion, we ask you to examine yourself. And we usually say, see if there's any sin in your heart, and yada, yada. But at the core of it, it isn't about the sin, it's about the injustice the sin causes. We're not good with God if we're not good with people. But at the same time, this isn't a witch hunt. I have better things to do with my time than to take notes on who's taken the cup and who's taken the bread and who hasn't. It's not about witch hunts. It's not about taking names. It's not about seeing who has and who hasn't. And it's not about either, oh man, I might be forgetting about something, so maybe I'll just abstain just in case. No, that's lunacy. That's not freedom. Jesus' death for our life. Life includes freedom. Examine yourself. Repent. If you need to get good with somebody, get good with somebody as best as you can in the time allotted. And take it freely. But, the other shoe is this. If we're not interested in being a people of repentance, God's serious about that. Like, Paul said, some of you have gotten sick and fallen asleep, a.k.a. have died because of this issue. Like, what does that mean? I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea what that might look like today. Other than to say that God takes this seriously. And again, it's not like, well, maybe I'm forgetting about something, so just in case. It's not that. It's about having a hard heart towards God and saying, I am going to look like I'm awesome 
when I don't really care about God to begin with. If you have difficulty with Jesus, if you have difficulty with the church, if you have difficulty with this, I think that we all could agree that type of fakeness and hypocrisy has no place in the church. Looking awesome with God all the while having a heart that's really given God the finger. That is no place in church. Coming back to what Paul said, the remedy is simple. Examination and repentance. Examination and repentance. And if you walked in here this morning not being a follower of Jesus, but because of talking about His sacrifice on the cross, you call out to Him saying, I want this life. I want a better life. I want the life that you have to offer here. I understand that it's your death for my life, and I want that, and I repent, and and give me the life that you want for me. Celebrate this with us. There's nothing magical. There's no, there's no ceremony that, ne- that needs to take place. The one thing that, is take, that needs to take place has taken place. And for those of us that are followers of Jesus, take seriously the examination, but don't freak out about it either. Nobody's watching. Nobody cares from this standpoint of taking names and seeing who does and who doesn't. If you're not quite ready to follow Jesus, man, that's okay. We're here for you to ask questions, for you to seek and to discover who Jesus is and His sacrifice and what that means in life. But just like if you slipped on a wedding ring and showed other people photos of somebody else's wedding, it doesn't make you married. And so, this ceremony doesn't really make sense for you to partake in. Again, we're not taking names. We're not looking. In fact, the lights will all be off. Jesus' death for our life. What's interesting is that injustice does what? takes away life from somebody else. Right? Jesus has died to give us, to give those around us life. That's why we celebrate the Lord's Supper. That's why we do communion. And so during these next two songs, take time to pray. Take time to ask forgiveness. Take time to... to if you need to talk to somebody in here to get things right, do that. But also take time to celebrate the death that Jesus went through in order to give us life. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank You for this time. I thank You for the death that You gave us, or gave to us, did for us, and the life that You give us. I pray, Lord, that You will move in our hearts. Try us, Lord. Examine us. See if there's any sinful way about us. Convict us. Allow us to have the boldness to move and ask forgiveness. 
the boldness to bring somebody and ask forgiveness of them. Help us to be a repentant people, a heart bowed before You. Lord, we thank You. We love You. It's in your name we pray. Amen.